Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, introducing the reigning, defending, undisputed champions of the world, your combat sport host, Maddie C. And the Mako Shark! It's time for them spiking words! Hello, good morning, and welcome to Them's Fighting Words with Matty C and the Mako Shark live across Australia on SEN and the SEN app. How you going, Mako? Matthew, mate, I'm good, mate. Can you believe this? We're back again, SEN Radio, week two. I'm excited, mate. I can't believe we're here again. We didn't get pulled off the air after the first one, which is fantastic. I was going to say that, mate. Uh, we're back again for week two, which means we must have gone half okay last week. We've, uh, we've gotten through the uh, week one nerves, and we're back with, a, I reckon, an equally big uh, episode this week, Mako Shark, with uh, the Mayor of Bacchus Marsh, Jack Jenkins, joining us. Uh, we're going to also uh, review what was a massive uh, UFC pay-per-view last week. There's some really good uh, local boxing news as well, Mako Shark. We were a little bit harsh on the boxing fans last week. I thought it was very sort of MMA-centric. So we had a little bit of feedback. Get a bit more love for the boxing, uh, you know, purists out there. So we've got some big news to break there, um, among many other things. We'll be opening up the lines as last week. We had some great callers last week and uh, looking to do the same today. So if you want to call in, the number's 1300 736 736. And that uh, SMS machine's open and working on 0433981116, Mako Shark. Talk to me about last week's UFC 283 and what was the big takeouts from that? Yeah, look, it was a good pay-per-view, mate. We had Jim Crude in here last week, uh, did a bit of a rundown for us. And I reckon he nailed it on the head there with a couple of his tips. Yes. Pretty good. It was a good pay-per-view. A couple of title fights at the top there. Jamal Hill, sweet dreams, Matthew. If you've got your thumbs up there, do the sweet dreams for me. There you go. <laughs> He had a huge win there, won the title up against Glover Teixeira in a pretty impressive performance, to be said. I reckon we've been sleeping on Sweet Dreams a bit. Yes. But he proved, mate, he's every bit of world champion. His performance, his striking was top-notch, and uh, yeah, Glover had no answers. It was a frightening display, I thought. I mean, we did talk about uh, Glover being 43, and but not to sleep on his age because he's an absolute machine. And the, I guess the amount of strikes and damage that man took across five rounds, I sort of wish... His corner maybe sort of didn't allow that because I don't know what's going to uh, the damage of that long term for him. But it was just a, a start to finish, real sort of uh, clinic almost from uh, from Young Sweet Dreams. And I think that that really has put aside any of the you know the negativity around him sort of getting that opportunity. Now he's the champion, and I guess he's uh, he's made it very clear that he's not taking a, a backward step and wants any and all challenges, Maker. 100%, mate. And I reckon uh, he's going to be there. Airman Jim, as he said, he's uh, he's been in the ring with him, the octagon with him in the past. He felt the power. i got a feeling, give another 12, 18 months, I reckon yeah. we'll see a rematch, I reckon, for some gold. So I'm looking forward to that. Yes. 
There what was the, yeah. uh, the fourth fight between Davis and Figueredo and Brandon Moreno. It was an interesting one. Yeah. These guys are going to fight into their 50, or do we, do we finally get some clean air there now, Mako? Oh, geez, with that doctor stoppage there, Matthew, it looked <laughs> like we were going to have to go a fifth one. But it looks like Davison, uh, he's wrapping it up at 125, going to yes. move up yes. to bantamweight, which is interesting. Uh, good performance. From the baby assassin, mm. Brandon Moreno, really proving that he is world champion caliber. He gets that title back. Exciting to see. So that uh, division hopefully opens up now, and there's a few more fights for him to have, and we can all move on now as a, as a sport, I reckon, at that division. Yeah, I mentioned it on the podcast that, uh, that we have done now 66 episodes of. You probably say the name better than me because I don't really know how to pronounce that sort of uh, the F double OK Mako Shark. So just quickly tell the listeners what and what we've been doing for 66 weeks before I uh, get into the next next couple of fights. It's a tricky one. We Yeah, we started a podcast without the intention of maybe going on radio one day. So you can't really say the name of it unless you put on the Conor McGregor accent. The podcast is called Who the Fuck Are These Guys? F double OK. F double OK for the senses. So jump on the pod if you're out there listening. We're yep. doing good things weekly, bringing you heaps of guests. But uh, yeah, look. It's exciting. You may mention on that uh, on that episode this week that now that the the uh, the, the weight difference now is going up, uh, Figueredo, that's going to really be exciting for the division for not just the existing, but where he goes up and and I guess tests himself at the heavier weight. So I think fight bands have been waiting for those two to sort of put down their swords and sort of go go their separate ways because yeah, four fights that's enough across a few years is probably enough. I think Wrap and yeah, the whole division's sort of been half held up. I think so. Um, yeah, what else took your, took your fancy on the card? Well, I want to apologise to the listeners and the punters out there. I, uh, I cooked it with my, I think it was my lock of the week last week, Terence McKinney. Oh, no. I was all chips in on Terence, and he got unceremoniously knocked out with a flying knee in the, I think, the second round, which took me by surprise, Matthew. So yeah. hopefully no one loaded up because you, you, you're going broke this week. My punk club loaded up off the back of me. I said, uh, first round stoppage, T-Rex. Oh, it was uh, a sure we, thing. we loaded up responsibly, but I still copped the flack of... Every every time I seem to be up, Mako, and give these uh, these tips for the boys, they they never come off. And I yeah, that couldn't have gone any worse for him. But young man, uh, I think he's got plenty of talent and ability. And yeah, he he's, he he seemingly took that in his stride. He'll come back, I think. He did, Matty. He did. And you mentioned off the top, we're going to get into a bit of boxing news. Yes, Matthew. we can't just be too focused on the MMA here. But uh, huge news for Australian boxing. Tim Zhu obviously had that big uh, undisputed title fight against Charlo coming up, which fell mm. apart due to injury, but. There's an announcement. Our man, the Australian himself, the legend, the son of a legend, Tim Zhu, up against Tony Harrison, Matthew, for the uh, WBO interim title against Tony Harrison. Yeah, in America. Oh, actually, no, sorry, in Australia. It's in Australia, home exciting. Soil. Very exciting for us. Very exciting for everyone here. We're selfishly hoping, being Melbourneites, that it's, uh, it's on Melbourne uh, grounds. But I think having the last two big uh, Haney-Cambosis fights, maybe they might look to put that somewhere else. I'm not sure. But if it is in Melbourne, we'll be definitely going along to that. I think there's a... Often when guys come out here for big fights, you know, it's a long trip. So old mate Tony Harrison's already stated that he's looking forward to coming to Australia. He wants to win and then have a holiday. So he's he seemingly isn't going to be an easy task. And I think he's the only man that's beaten Charlo too, from, uh, from what my research suggests. So he's definitely not an easy fight. Um, a lot of people in the media, uh, our friend Ben Damon, he's been saying it's, it's actually a very tough fight for him. And um, if he can get through this, this will really set up the Charlo fight really well because it's a tough opponent. It's a man that's wanting to take in the travel and wanting to embrace that and come out and ruin, uh, I guess, the home, uh, home favourite on his, on his own shore. So that's definitely really exciting for boxing fans. I mean, I, I, I'm going to be very one-sided and say Tim, Tim gets the job done, but I don't think yeah. it's a, a layup as what we, we all might think. 
No, I'm going to say Tim in a canter. No worries about it. <laughs> Tony Harrison, if you're looking for a holiday, mate, I reckon uh, be very careful. You might start that holiday in a hospital bed, I reckon. There was a quote, too, uh, that our, our great producer, Jules, put to us as well, that Tony said he's looking forward to seeing kangaroos and rattlesnakes. Someone might want to tell... <laughs> Old mate uh, Harrow, that there's no rattlesnakes here. We have every snake, but we don't have rattlesnakes, mate. And so he's probably thinking of Stone Cold Steve yeah, Austin's ranch. Pop there over the to the Broken Skull Ranch there in Texas, a bit of Stone Cold <laughs> come on, action. Come on, Tony, get, get, your, get your research right, mate. So that's up. exciting, mate. What else is happening with a, a former guest of ours too? What, what yes. A, yes, give us that. Huge friend of the boys, Liam Wilson. This is a huge fight for uh, all Australian boxing fans. It's happening next Saturday. So it'll be before we get back on air next week. So we'll talk about it now. He's up against... Emmanuel Navarrete for the WBO Super Featherweight World Title over in Arizona. This is going to be huge for Australian boxing. Liam Wilson has been uh, he's been on a tear the last sort of twelve months. This man, he's fighting. He's a very dangerous man. He's on a thirty-one fight win streak, Matthew. Can you believe that? It's about to come to an end though in Arizona against the Aussie. But mate, make sure you're watching this, everyone. This is going to be huge for Australian boxing. A thirty-one fight win streak. Is that correct? Is it? How old is this bloke? 63? Or is he fighting <laughs> every other Sunday? He must be. He must be a dangerous man, though. So this is exciting. I can't wait to watch it. Our man, Steve Scanlon, if you're out there listening, mate, I'm excited for you. You're, a, you're sort of uh, fashioning a world title factory, I reckon. Sorry, again, Liam Wilson's going to add to the uh, the trophy, the war, war chest, you'd call it. And we found out this morning, too, there was a little bit of uh, commotion for, for Wilson. He had, to go, he had to leave the shores of America and go and get some sort of uh, accreditation Offshore, is that correct? Apparently, visa issues in the middle of camp. You had to get out of the country. Out of he's been in America now for the last sort of what would you say four or five weeks? Mm. I think you had to get out of the country. It's a visa issue. Had to either come home to Australia, yeah, go to Cambodia, I think, or get over to London for a few days, sort out the uh, the visa, which is what he's done. It's not what you want, is it? In the middle of a world title fight camp. Look, I uh, we'll we'll put it to our uh, our great guest when we come back about you know mind games and stuff like that. But that surely can't be uh, can't be good for a fighter that's gone over to sort of set himself up, have a good camp, get sort of accustomed to, I guess, the area and the you know the time zone, all that, and then he uh, he has to leave, you know, jet lag, come back. It's a bit of a, a pain for him, I think. But I, I, he's a professional. His team's. True professionals make a shark and I, again, going to be very one-sided. We get in trouble for being so one-sided on the podcast, but get used to it on the radio because we're, we're for the Anzacs. We'll give you a one-sided opinion. If you want another one, don't listen. But um, actually, yeah, you should listen, but it's going to be very one-sided. Always make a shark for our Anzacs. So Liam Wilson will get a, a big win there and then, I guess, to the moon for him. Yeah, definitely, mate. Bring that title back home and along with the No Limits boys, just start putting on huge cards here in Australia. Can't so wait. There's, there's been some matchmakers too, thinking about some of the other local guys that might be on that card. Another friend of ours, uh, the Head Splitter. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, after coming off probably the knockout of the year, I reckon, um, off the, the man that went viral for sculling a VB. So he's gone viral for sculling a VB, which was great, but then went viral for being on the end of one of the most vicious knockouts you will see anywhere in the world, Mako Shark. So we're hoping to see him on the card. Yeah, that'll be the Tim Zoo card, I'd imagine. Oh, is it? In uh, March. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So looking forward to that. Isaac Hardman hopefully getting on that card and showing the world what he's capable of, Matty. I tell you, Mako Shark, that knockout for anyone out there, I tell you, you must go see that. That's that's probably the, the first thing you do when you get off listening today. Go and look up that knockout, Mako Shark. It's as sickening as it gets, I think. Yeah, 
was thunderous, mate. It was thunderous. But I'll tell you what, we'll get to an ad break because after the break, mm. we're back, mate. We're one of Australia's greatest. We've got Firejack coming in. He's fighting. It's two weeks out from UFC 284 in Perth. So we're excited to look uh, to talk to him coming up after the break. If you want to jump on the text, Matthew, or yeah. the phone call, where can they do it? They can do the uh, the text machine, Mako Shark, 0433 98 11 16. Call in, please. Call in, ask some questions. Tell us what you're excited for, for a big year of fighting. one 736 736 We'll get to you after the break. Live on SEN, this is Them's Fighting Words with Matty C and the Mako Shark. Righty, welcome back to Them's Fighting Words, live across Australia on SEN and the SEN app, mate. Perth Fever is sweeping the country for UFC 284, and we are very, very excited to have one of the most exciting stars of the country. He's about to make his debut in two weeks' time today. It's Fire Jack, Jack Jenkins. He's live in the studio, mate. How are you? Good, boys. Good to uh, good to be in studio, see he's moving up in the world, as opposed to the old Zoom calls. <laughs> we, our first time on the pod, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, but as we said to Jim last week, mate, it's good to have you in and can actually uh, get a bit of a feel for yourself and what you're doing. Mate. Since you came on our podcast, I just want to address you've become a bit of a media darling, I reckon. You've done SEN Track. You've you've been doing a lot. You've probably done more for this station than we have. And, and uh, you might have to give us some tips, mate. But, yeah, you love the horse racing. And we had a text message come in. And before we get into your fighter, they said, Jack, favourite horse and why? Oh, current, favourite current horse, uh, definitely Zaki, Annabelle Neesham trained Back-to-back champion stakes winner. Um, I just love that horse. Bit of a bit of a romantic attachment to it. Um, be- best horse of all time for me out of Australia in my lifetime. Um, so you think. Bart Cummings' last great horse, I think. So, yeah, they're my two favourite. Lovely. What about a bit of might and power? I used to like a bit of might and power. Yeah. Good or front, uh, good a Pachi cat. Oh. Pachi cat. He was good. Yep. You've she- obviously researched Mako Shark for a non-punter, but we'll get we'll get past that for the minute, mate. How's... Uh, How's camp been? How's how's it been leading up to you? You've obviously come from the Contender Series and you're having, a, I guess, a home soil debut in Perth. Um, how's it been for you, camp, trying to put you know all the mental side and just, just getting right to really go on there and show everyone what you can do and have a really big performance in your debut in Perth? Yeah. Um, I, I was talking to my coach about this the other day. Uh, the thing that excites me the most is that I've always trained and always treated every fight like it's the most important and it's the biggest. And, and if you ask any of my friends, I've been the main event in my head since I was a kid. So it doesn't really matter um, so much the size of the event. But because I've treated all my training camps leading up to that like this, this one just feels exactly the same. There's no, I'm not trying to train any harder. I've always trained to, you know, the, the top of my ability. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to put any added pressure or anything. I just get to do it in front of a, a lot more people for a lot more money now. So it's, like uh, it's That's, uh, what they call it these days. I think it's main character energy. You, you are the main character, no matter where on the card you are. Yeah, exactly. Well, I am actually the, the headline of the early prelims. Uh, that's a, that's a prestigious spot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll be happy to see the fight pass numbers coming out of there and see how many people are tuning in. Mate, they'll be chockers. Mate, tell us about it. You're fighting a bloke by the name of Don Shanus. I don't know much about him. I think it could be his second fight maybe in the UFC. I'm not, but mate, tell us how you feel. What's he like? What are your strengths and weaknesses and where you feel the fight's going to go? Yeah, I, I, I don't think either of us are making a secret about what our plans are in this fight. Um, he's going to come out and try and pressure forward and, and force a grapple. And I'm going to go out there and try and stay on the outside and, and pick him apart. Um, it, it's a classic matchup. Uh, body types were very similar. Mm-hmm. He's, he's really fit. I'm really fit. So it's going to be a good fight. Um, the, the one thing that I'll give him is you can't take his last fight into 
the equation at all. He came in and fought Sadiq Yusuf, a top 10 guy on mm -hmm. maybe four yeah, or five yeah. days notice with, with a big weight cut. So, you know, I don't take any notice of that. So as far as I'm concerned, he's on a big win streak. I'm on a big win streak. This is both of our debuts and, and we're going to find out who's on an upward trajectory. Yeah. And when you hear things from fighters, not just this, this fight, but in previous fights, when you might hear how they're going to prepare for you or what they're going to bring to the fight, do you need to sometimes be a little bit wary about them maybe just putting a few things out there to try and get you to think a certain way or take them a certain way? Or do you, do you believe that he's, this, this guy especially is going to do what he probably thinks he's going to do to you? Well, it's a win-win for me because if he comes out and tries to grapple, that's what I've prefer prepared for. But if yeah. he comes out and tries to kickbox with me, then you beauty. That's what I want to do. Yeah. So it, it's a win-win for me. So it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, we've just watched... I'm really lucky and my coaches are really good at watching tape and I've got full spreadsheets with links to all of his fights and, and they put notes in it. Watch at two minutes. He does this at three minutes. He does this. So I don't have to do a lot of the legwork, but I get a lot of the end result that I can, that I can game plan for. And we said, uh, we said off air, you had a bit of help um, from an unknown person sliding into your DMs for your last fight and you've got vision and all that stuff you just mentioned now. Has that person been back in contact to try uh, and double up for look, you? Look, me and Ben P have had a chat and, uh, <laughs> you know, he's got the ticket. He's got the ticket for Perth, so he'll be over there and I'm sure we'll catch up. If anyone out there's got any uh, intel, any secret knowledge on Don Shanus, just <laughs> call in now, please, and we'll get it to Jack immediately. Mate, if he's probably in a bit of trouble, though, if he thinks he's going to try and take you down and he's going to expect you to be sort of standing up doing what you do best with that kickboxing and breaking dudes' legs. But having watched you on the Contender Series, as Dana White famously called you, the one-trick pony, because you showed how good your grappling is and how good you can be on the ground. So I reckon, yeah, he, if he thinks it's just going to be like, I'm going to get him down and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to impose my will on you, it's not going to go that way, is it? Because you're comfortable either on the feet or on the mat. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've made no secret about it from the start, though. I, I, I want to get in. I want to make a, a heap of money and I want to get out of the sport um, and, and enjoy my time here. And the fastest way to make money is to be, is to be good on the feet. And I've made a little bit of a career so far out of breaking people's legs. So I want to continue with that trajectory. But if I have to grapple, I, you know, I, I'm a brown belt. Uh, I can wrestle. I'm quite athletic in there. So I've got no qualms if he comes in and he wants to make it a grappling match in engaging with him there. Great usage of the word qualm too. I like that word. Get that on radio as much as possible, mate. As you said, you've broken about three dudes' legs, I think, in your career so far. Take us through what that feels like. If you land a sweet kick and you know you've done damage, do you know that? Like, can you feel it and you know immediately, all right, this dude's compromised? Like, take us through what it feels like. Yeah, there's there's a couple of things. It's about it's about the timing of when in their step do you hit the kick. So if their foot's off the ground completely, you're unlikely to break it because it, it doesn't have that that pushback from the ground. Um, you want to time it just as people are stepping forward into their jab or just as they're stepping into your range. So they've kind of got connection with the ground, but not all their weight through it. And you can really rip and, and crack that tibia. Um, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've noticed in two fights exactly when I've broken it. And in the third one, I, I didn't notice I was so in the zone, but yep. in that fight, I'd broken his jaw and his leg. So it was, oh, there was, geez. there was just stuff breaking all over the place. Mate, talk to us about the other side of it. When you cop a really good kick. You know, or you know, like to your leg. How do you poker face at best to try and show them that you're not hurt? So you talk about when you deliver one and you get the feeling. Is there, is it, is it hard when you receive one to not show them that you're hurt in that? Because I, when I watch it, it just blows my mind. Some of the kicks that these men and women take and seemingly stand there. Obviously, we know it's it's hurt them, but is that a big part of sort of obviously the fight game as well, showing that you're not hurt when you when you actually are? Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. It's a massive part. Not only not showing when you're not hurt, but showing when you when you're tired. 
that's the big thing is I'm, I'm gassed right now, but I'm not going to let my opponent know. Mm. I was lucky enough. I got two elder brothers. So I took my, my licks all the way growing up and I'm fairly good at hiding it. <laughs> that would be the hardest thing being in a scrap and just having no gas. Like it must just be the most uh, terrifying sort of thing when you just can't, like you just can't breathe almost. Your lungs would be screaming. Yeah. There's a, there's a big sign up. I think it's at team alpha male and it, a big poster on the wall and it says fatigue makes cowards of yeah. us all. Yeah, mate. We've got a caller on the line. We'll get in just before we go to the uh, the news break. But we know him, our man Loz from the Coconut Tip podcast. I think you're quite uh, familiar with our man as well. We've got him on the line. You got any questions for us, Loz? Oh, what's up, boys? Hey, just, how uh, are you, mate? I'm good. Congratulations. Moving up, as uh, old Jack said. <laughs> um, mate, don't worry about yeah, us. Question, question for the uh, widest Samoan that I know, um, bro. We know that you've um, been inspired by Jimmy and and your bro size. So I just wanted to ask. How are you feeling, man? Like you're about to make your debut and, you know, you've got a cool story fighting for the Bursai. I just wanted to ask how you're feeling about doing that. Yeah, yeah, I'm pumped, mate. Good. I'm I'm really looking forward to getting over there. Um, you know, it's 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 10 years of work to to break in and now I'm here. It's good to just have the chance to get over and, and do it now because I know there's a lot of people who have put in a lot of work like I have and they're still sitting on the sidelines watching and waiting for their opportunity. So I'm going to take it with both hands. Yeah, nice. Um, and then the other thing, I don't have secret news, but I just want to drop that. You're probably going to jab the hell out of that dude because you have way better hands, so that's my pick for the boys. <laughs> Good tip there. Good tip. I love it. Thanks for the call, mate. Good on you, Loz. So just quickly before we go to an ad, bro, I'd love to know like the how it is for fighters that, like yourself, you've been, you know, you 10 years, have a journey, and, you know, you still haven't been signed. Is it hard for those people to... I guess, stay motivated or do they just trust the process? Did you, you obviously trusted the process. It must be hard at times though, to know when or if you're going to get that contract. Yeah, it's really hard. And with COVID, it added such a, a such another leg to it. Um, you know, I really think I should have got my shot two or three years ago when I was the number one guy. Um, but with COVID, I had to wait and, and scatter a few fights out there and do it. Um, but if you're, if you're a guy and you're in the top two or three in your weight class in Australia and you don't have a fight booked, for the weekend that the UFC is here or the weekend after, you should. Yes. And yeah. if you couldn't, if you absolutely couldn't, then you should be in your last two weeks of a practice camp anyway. If I had not been signed and I was waiting for the opportunity, there's no way that I wouldn't be knocking on the door saying, hey, anyone's injured, anyone can't get on the plane, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's 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 a great mindset and I guess you have to have that. Though. You're, you're all special to be doing the sport you're doing, I guess, in a sense that the, the common common human c- couldn't do that at that level to try and get to that. I just, it, it blows my mind seeing what you guys go through and, and how hard it can be financially and what you have to do. I mean, to get to that, that level. So it, I guess it's not for everyone as we know, but the ones that stick at it, the ones that have talent and have the mindset generally um, are the ones that do get that opportunity. Um, we're going to uh, get to the news. If anyone is, is it, wants to ring in, text in, please do so uh, like our friend Loz, but um, this is Them's Fighting Words coming to you across Australia on the SEN app. We'll be back after the news. Live on SEN, this is Them's Fighting Words with Matty C and the Mako Shark. All right, we're back again. Them's Fighting Words here with our man Firejack, Jack Jenkins. Mate, as we said earlier, we're two weeks out to this exact day from fighting in Perth. How's the weight cut going, mate? We hear a lot about weight cuts in this sport and a lot of blokes just absolutely murder themselves to get down to a certain weight level. How are you feeling two weeks out and uh, what's the uh, trajectory like for you? Yeah, my, I'm, look, I, I've had my fair share of struggles um, getting down to the weight. 
at times. See, when I left um, playing rugby, I was about 83, 84 kilos and I fight at 66. So the first couple of times there was a bit of a learning curve. But, um, you know, for my contender series fight, I woke up on weigh-in day about a kilo overweight. So it was such an easy cut. Yep. Um, and I'm, I'm on a similar trajectory now. I'm not I'm not too stressed about it. You got to get over there and embrace the uh, the suck of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's part of, it's part of the the uh, process we have to go through. Unfortunately, I would prefer if we just said, "Hey, let's let's weigh in two minutes before we fight and make yeah. sure we're similar." Um, but that's not how it works. So yeah, my weight cut's going fine. I'm not stressed. The process of it is it something that you can get down to a fine science? Like obviously, um, we've never had to do it. But is it something that your body? The more you do it, the the more predictable your body is. If you if you're sticking to similar camps, similar you know diets, all that, or is it generally every camp a little bit different? Um, look, you you just want to see markers that are the same. So yep. I've I've got it down to almost a, a a science in the sense that I have a number I see on the scale. I weigh myself every morning, so I have a number I see on that scale, and then I have a a vision of how I look in the mirror. And I'll know that if I can't see certain veins and certain (laughs) muscles that maybe I'm just a little dehydrated and that's why the scales are showing a light number. Or if I'm a bit heavy, but I look really lean, then I go, okay, maybe I just had a bit too much salt or, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just full of fluid at the moment. So you really get to understand where your body's at with it. Um, But yeah, that's where I'm at now. I, about a month out, I know I'm going to make weight pretty comfortably and I could at any point make it so and I'm, I'm there now so the old mirror test is one of the the common man's worst enemies i reckon getting out of the shower and just having a quick look if i had a big wet yeah now i'm still all right but i guess for you it's probably a lot more scientific than uh than myself and the mako shark uh what, what do you reckon mako well i'm actually trying to shed a few kilos myself <laughs> uh, in the new year i didn't want to look like a sloppy mess jumping on a, as a media mogul now but uh, depending on when you weigh yourself during the day things fluctuate a lot like you can fluctuate over a kilo just in the course of a day yeah so a lot of people get a bit sort of wrapped up in what the number says, but man, things change a lot. And as you said, as you cut and weight like you are for a fight, it's just, yeah, very scientific, I guess. You guys know what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I get up in the morning, I brush my teeth, jump on the scale and have a shower. Like that's just, I, I weigh myself every morning at yeah. the same time. So yeah. you, you don't, you sort of even out those fluctuations by doing that. And with, uh, with it only being two weeks now, um, for anyone that hasn't done a camp, you're obviously now it's the tape off. You're just starting to just do some fine tuning or is it still another week of pretty hard training? Or I just, I'd love to know how it's sort of the end part. Cause that's probably the trickiest. Cause you've probably put your body through a really tough period. It's probably now just trying to be the healthiest you can be at that point. Yeah, for sure. Um, look, I did, I, I did a really, really solid camp this yeah. time. Um, probably the most solid camp I've ever done in terms of the planning. You always train hard. It's easy. People think, um, you know, getting to your sessions and putting in a hundred percent and, and getting yourself gassed is hard. After a while that becomes quite easy. Like you just show up and you, and you put in and you get yourself tired. Yeah. Um, but this one's been very meticulous in how it's been planned. We had the blocks planned out. Um, so I knew every day what sessions I had to do and what was expected of each session, whether I was, um, I had to go in and I had to try and win. Yeah. Or I had to go in and try and learn, or I had to go in and try and do a combination of both. I, I had it, I had it fully planned, and that was uh, that was a big help for me. So I feel like it's been a really complete and full camp. Exciting stuff, mate. I want to get into your sort of mindset walking out to the ring to go into a fight. I reckon the listeners would be very interested. I was watching YouTube last night. It was Sugar Sean. He was going through his fight with uh, Piotr Jan. 
and he was watching it back. And as he was walking out, he was saying, commentating himself, going, man, like, I don't even remember this at all. I can't even remember what was going on there. I'm just like a different person. I'm switched into some strange primal mode. What is it like when you are walking out to get into a fight? Is it like you just enter some sort of different realm in your mind? Like, very fascinating for people like me and, and Maddie. Yeah, definitely. I, um... I struggle in the in the couple of weeks after a fight when I relax a little bit. I struggle to relate to myself that I was the, the few weeks before. Yeah, um, different person. Especially yeah. like I'll rewatch a fight, and there's, there's a couple of fights you can look at where I'm I'm yelling at my opponent like I'm gonna, you know, yeah. I won't say it on air or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, who is that guy? That, that guy's yeah, like, he's a dick. Yeah, you kind of you kind of build yourself there. And now through through sort of to the end of the camp, I have um made myself through the training and the diet, you sort of get yourself into that mindset where you're ready to go there again. Um, and it's not hard. You can kind of, you get better at switching it on and switching it off when you need to. Yeah. Uh, but walking out for a fight, I actually really enjoy that. That's probably my favorite part. And it's why contender series, I got thrown off a little bit because when I walk out, I like to like listen to the music that I've chosen. I'm trying to get the crowd on the same energy level as me. I'm trying to like feed off them as they feed off me a little bit, whether I'm going out with a friendly crowd or a, or an adversary crowd, it doesn't yeah. bother me as long as there's some kind of energy exchange yeah. there. Whereas on Contender Series, it was just walking out to nothing, Silence. no music, no yeah. anything. You can hear the cameramen behind you talking about where they're putting their wires to make sure they don't trip. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is weird. Yeah, that would make it even harder, I reckon. Yeah, It's almost way like harder. a weird fight club sort of. Yeah, it's almost strange. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. And, it, you know, one of, the, one of the beautiful things for me is I've, since I started fighting, always been able to sell a lot of tickets because I get a lot of people from the Western suburbs and Bacchus Marsh come out and watch. And now in Perth, essentially the same number of people from Bacchus Marsh are coming out. I think I've got about 250 flying I reckon over. people are going to be very angry when we've they got, hear we've this. Got a, we've got a 747 coming No wonder out people Bacchus couldn't Marsh. get tickets to this event because they're all coming from the marsh. Yeah, well, look, you know, they, they bought the tickets on the local shows, so they've, they've got every right to be buying the tickets and coming yes. out to watch the big show. So uh, for me, walking out, I'm walking out in front of all the people who I care about and um, walking out with the same coaches that I've walked out for the whole journey on the way up. So it's, it's the same thing on a bigger platform for me. It's just, it's an amazing thing to, uh, I feel like you're a white line fever type guy. Like, you know, when you play with footy and, you know, sport and you run out with guys and you think that's a different man to like 10 minutes ago when he was just chilling in the room. I feel like from meeting you now and seeing how you're pretty mild mannered and, you know, hold yourself very calmly, but then you just got to flick that switch as you said. So I guess the music's something that probably helps get you into that before you have to do it. And then, yeah, as you said, you look back and think, I wonder who that guy was, but he, he got the job done and broke another tibula. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And the um, the carrot of a hundred grand after the fight waiting for you if you win and if you do it really well, as opposed to taking half your paycheck or less if you yeah. lose, is also uh, something that can switch on a lot of people <laughs> yeah. and get them ready to go. That's right. Definitely. Hey, we've got a, a familiar a familiar caller, Mako Shark, Jimmy, who went viral last week. Jimmy from Reservoir has called in and he's got a question for our man Jack. G'day, boys. Uh, long-time listener, long-time caller. Uh, enjoying the show. Jack, uh, good luck for the fight coming up in Perth. Um, I'm just interested. Um, it's a bit of a fantasy question. What's the fight you'd like to see from any two fighters in any um, in the whole history of the UFC? So, for me, one fight I would have loved to have seen was BJ Penn versus Khabib Nurmagomedov, and I was just wondering um, if you'd put any thought into that. Yeah, look, my my favorite 
fight that never happened was always at the peak of Anderson Silva and GSP when there was the talk that they might meet and fight. Um, and I find it hard to go past that one because in my book, they're still two, probably the best ever outside of John Jones. Um, yep. John Jones is the goat in my opinion. And then you've got those two directly underneath. So I would probably go the GSP silver fight that never happened. Uh, that would definitely be my one. Mm. All right, thanks, Jimmy. Mako, have you got uh, have you got uh, a dream fight that you, you would have liked oh, to have seen? Oh, look, not really off the top of my head. I always wanted uh, Khabib to move up in weight because obviously he just destroyed everyone at 155. No one really could stop him. I always thought if he could just he? move up, well, I guess he destroyed a few <laughs> you people. You reckon there's a false economy around oh, I, Khabib? I just, I just the, the GOAT conversation when you defend your title two or three times. Yeah, I don't think he's in just, the GOAT is, combo. Is outrageous. I would have liked him seeing him move up and potentially fight Usman or something when he was on a tear. Then if he had gone through and ragdolled Usman, then I could say, you know, put him in that convo for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I just, it's, it's a false, we have recency bias and a little bit of yeah. hype that gets into it as well. But I think if you just separate Connor's career and Khabib's career and you take Connor's run at 145, it's more impressive oh. than Khabib's run at 155. Yeah. Right? And then you yeah. then you look at guys like GSP, DJ, John Jones, who stuck around. Getting to the title, everyone talks about it in boxing, in all these combat sports. Getting to the top isn't the hard part. It's how long can you stay there. Yeah. Um, and Khabib, you know, for whatever reason, he chose not to do that. And that's not taking away anything from what he did. It was great. But you can't put him in that conversation as being one of the goats no. when he didn't do it. Uh, that's fair enough. I mean, John's – I said it to Mako only the other week. I think people have forgotten just because his last couple of fights weren't his most stunning and, you know, outrageously performed. But I feel like if you go and just look at his his record, he's – fought like five or six UFC Hall of Famers, not when they were at the end. Like he fought them when he was a young fella. Yeah. And they were at the peak of their powers and just did what he wanted with them. So I think... Made them look terrible. And uh, Ryan Ryan Bader, he fought Ryan Bader on the way up who went and is a two-division champion in the next biggest promotion. Yeah. Yeah. So he just made everyone, all comers, look second class. And I think we'll probably hopefully see him back at heavyweight. It'd be great to see him, you know, get back to some of that form because it would be so good to see him go on a, almost a mini run of that in the heavyweight division. And I guess outside of Bam Bam being an Aussie, we, 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 we don't want to see it against him, but I think there's some really good fights at heavyweight that could even make him even another level above. So that that's exciting for the fans. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, no doubt. He's also got more arrests than Khabib has title uh, defenses. So that's pretty impressive as well. I would have thought. Uh, true. It's probably, that's also, I think what people, t- people, I think the ability to see everything about everyone's life now, you know, Twitter and all this stuff yeah. like, you know, in the, in the in the absolute up and coming UFC days, you didn't really know anything about these guys. You know, who knows what they were doing outside the octagon? But I think now it's everyone's got a phone in your face, everyone's got search history, all this stuff that probably lessens the person's mystique a bit. And I guess because Khabib seemingly doesn't have any social media or you know doesn't control it, you don't really see any of his bad sides. Where a lot of other people are, you, you get more vision into their flaws, I guess, which is probably one of the other reasons why people hold Khabib so high. I guess. Yeah. Well, I think uh, another reason he gets held so high is just the, the, he got brought along by Connor. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't huge. He was known as being a dominant wrestler, but he wasn't a huge name until the Dolly incident and the fight and, and the subsequent way he beat Connor after that. It did yeah. tip it over the edge, didn't it? We'll go to an ad break, Jack, but uh, we'll be back for our final segment. We'll stick with you, Jay. We've got a few more questions for you and uh, yeah, we'll get to a bit of Perth news, but uh, yeah, back after the break. Live on SEN, this is Them's Fighting Words with Matty C and the Mako Shark.
Welcome back to them fighting words live across Australia on SEN and the SEN app. Jack, mate, before the break, we were just talking about uh, like who the greatest of all time is, that discussion, but something a little bit different, not necessarily the greatest of all time, but who, in your opinion, would you, is the most talented fighter you've seen, not only just, you know, in your own career coming up, but also as a fan? Yeah, um, great question. I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably give a couple of different answers just because MMA is so broad. I think, um, number one, former guest to the podcast, best most talented MMA grappler. And this isn't even, there's no close second. Like this guy is a long, long way ahead is Jim Crute. Um, Goes under the radar, I reckon. When too. Jim Crute was 18 and he was grappling fully grown men who were black belts and really, really yeah. good, he used to mop them up, mm -hmm. mop them up. And it was, it was a well-known thing that if Jimmy got hold of you, it was just trouble. Uh, and he's obviously, he's obviously adapted and grown into the fighter he is now, which is, yeah. a, it, he's, he's quite broad in his skill set. but his, his ability as a youngster to get hold of people and do damage. You see people now talking about Paul Craig has the best jujitsu in the UFC. Yeah. And Jimmy dominated him and submitted him on yep. the ground. Yep. Um, the second one, most talented striker naturally is Roger Shippen. Roger Shippen fighting for the Hex. Um, yeah, featherweight title in yep. a couple of weeks. Um, huge, huge ability to see what's in front of him, put a puzzle together and then throw stuff at you that you're just not going to be able to be able to see. It's been a huge help for me seeing him and I, I've sparred a lot of high level guys and the way that he can find ways to hit you and, and make you not understand what he's doing is huge. And a, a little left field one, and, and it's a bit of a sad one. I wish he was still, um, I wish he was still fighting. The best all-round MMA talent I ever um, trained with would have been Geordie Showtime Lucas. And you guys might not even know Geordie. But Geordie, when Geordie was 18, he was 9-0 as, yeah. as a professional, <laughs> yeah. as, as a bantamweight. And he ended up getting signed to one championship. And it, it was just a bit young for him. And mm -hmm. the way the weight cutting there, he was a bantamweight here, but they made him fight at lightweight up there. And he came up against a couple of Russians and then got into a bit of a a contract problem, but just pure talent, the way he could move both on the feet and on the ground. Jordi, Jordi Lucas is probably most talented for Those me. pesky Russians, mate. They'll do it to you every time. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you have to fight two, two weight classes above and you don't Absolutely. understand the way the weight cut's going to work. I mean, there'd be so many guys like that, wouldn't there, that were probably really, really talented, but maybe got an opportunity too early or, you know, fell into something like that. And then, yeah. you know, because they're young and maybe not as mature, as you are, you probably just fall out the other side of it, which is a shame for the sport, but, you know. 100%. And that's probably like if there was one thing that one piece of advice I could give to young fighters, it's that promoters and promotions, their number one objective is to sell tickets and get people in the door and make money. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And they will throw phrases out there like this. They'll say, fighters fight. They'll say, he'll fight anyone, anytime, anywhere. They'll, they'll say things like this to try and entice the young guys to the bravado to go no i'll fight him and i'll take this fight what they're saying when they say those words is we want you to come in as the b-side on a week's notice because we're our cards falling apart and we need people in right yeah. or, or whatever it is so you need to as a fighter i'm not saying you take easy fights that's that's not the case because you'll get found out eventually what i'm saying is don't jump in there and take fights on behalf of promoters because they say arbitrary lines like anyone, anytime, anywhere, or fighters fight or any other rubbish like that. Yeah. Because 
you got to look after. If you want to have a long career, you've got to be planned, you've got to be strategic, and you've got to be smart. Absolutely. Yeah, you've got to look after yourself first, for sure. You look at a bloke like Jake Matthews. He's been in the UFC now, it feels like forever. I think he was 19 when he started, and he's been in the UFC for years and years. Yourself making your debut, people might be shocked. You're actually older than Jake Matthews, which would probably take a lot of people by surprise. Yeah. But you feel like, you know, you've paid your dues, you've done what you can, you're in the position now where you're ready. Like, you are hitting the UFC with like both feet now. Yeah, the one thing I took from coming up and watching Alex Volkanovsky in particular was that I wanted to get to the UFC when I hit my stride. I wanted to be ready. If I had got in at 24, 25, there still would have been a few holes in my game, both mentally and and from a skill perspective, I think, where if I had faced a little bit of adversity, I don't know whether I would have been able to see it through. Whereas now coming in a little bit more mature, both physically and mentally, um, I'm in a position where I really believe that I'm top 10 ready right now yeah. and I can have a big 2023 and by the end of this year, be really putting myself into that top title pitcher, top 10, um, you know, w- world champion caliber fighter. And we do see that we talked, did you remember about it? It only takes two or three exciting performances and the, uh, the brass at the top, they love it. They, they, they book on selling tickets. They book on, you know, views and likes and all that stuff. They don't book on sometimes rankings or where you've come from. They just book on the now. So I think for a fighter like yourself, for all the other fighters that are, especially on this Perth card, I think this Perth card is going to be really good for a lot of the, uh, the, the guys outside the top 15, especially the Australian guys that will be able to go there, put on a massive performance and then leapfrog a couple of the guys for your next fight. And then that's how you build a big uh, 2023 campaign. Yeah, 100%. You got to have your eyes on the prize and, and, be willing to put yourself out there and and take some risks at the right times and and put on some big performances when you need to. Well, Jack, mate, we thank you so much for coming into the studio here for our second week. We've loved having you, mate. Uh, as you said, you're headlining the Fight Pass prelims. Just in one sentence, tell all the listeners out there why they should be getting up early and checking you out. One sentence. Well, give give us two even. Two. Uh, <laughs> no. Get up, watch. I'm going to try and break another leg. Look, I, I, I want to break another leg. I want $100,000 in bonus money, and I want to come back to back a smash with that. Love it. Thanks so much again, mate. Thank you to all the listeners across Australia listening on SEN and the SEN app. We'll be back next week. We've got Sam Greco in the studio. We'll Slam also, and Sam. Slam and Sam, and we'll preview the Adesanya Pereira fight, fight news along with some other Perth updates. Very exciting. Thank you all again. We'll see you next week.